back. Welcome back to the Football Outside the Box podcast, where we discuss the past, the present, and the future of football. So, have you had your chance to let your crying out, or are you still crying? I'm happy that Liverpool won't be winning the league. Very great news. Now, you know that's not what we're talking about. What do you mean? That's, that's the game we previewed on Friday. Yeah, no, but you don't want to... <laughs> the man's definitely trying to divert from an absolutely insane score that none of us predicted. Brighton 4, Man United 0. We just have to mention. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing? I no I don't rant. know what you want me to say. Did, did anybody, the... anybody care about the result? No. <laughs> I think it's just hilarious. And it's mathematically no, no chance for the top four, officially. Finally. Now we can st- officially stop talking about this team now. <laughs> Fair enough. Moving on then. They lack relevance at the moment. Speaking of teams who are not relevant, it looked like it was going to be Chelsea, not relevant. But boy, are they in danger right now. Two teams who are not doing very well. For the past few weeks, they met. And of course, a draw would be a fair result. But Chelsea, what are they doing? What's what's going on with them? Arsenal now have a great chance to come back and grab third place. So hopefully we can capitalize on that. They've been dragged right back in it. I don't know how. Wolves made a mistake for Lukaku's goal or his second one, yeah. goal. Yeah. And he, who, who was it that made a mistake? Connor Cody? I think so. He made, he made an errant pass. Then he comes back to revive his team and score the equalizer in the last minute. Crucial from them. Not much playing for at the moment for them. But that shows, that shows good spirit. Yeah, I thought it was very dangerous on the counter. Was very impressed with Trinkau. I heard he was not doing very well. But this game he impressed. He scored the goal. That made it 2-1. He provided the assist to the great cross from Chiquinho. Uh, a simple layoff, you might say, but that quick decision to lay it off out wide. Very impressed with him. He was a very good ball carrier. Spread the ball out very well, I thought. And a deserved result. If they had more quality, I think they could have even won 3-2. So what does that say about Chelsea allowing this to happen? Or would you say it's more down to good play from Wolves? I don't want to think that because this is now another time that Chelsea has allowed this to occur. And they kind of barely got away with it at West Ham. I mean, today was supposed to be a good day for Chelsea. Their new owner, I think, almost there. Todd Bowley was there at the ground. They were up 2-0. You know, you would expect Chelsea to see that out, especially at home. But this game, they didn't. And I want to point out the their midfield issues. They, they couldn't do anything to stop the counters. Yes, you can say Rudiger, Thiago Silva, one of the best defenders, it, not just in the league, but in the world, maybe even perhaps the past two, three years. But when they're getting constantly pressured, and we have to keep in mind that Wolves came out with a three at the back system as well. And they deployed a three-man midfield with Moutinho, Neves, and Dendonker. That midfield three is a very decent midfield three. And I felt that Chelsea midfield couldn't do much to stop them. 
your defenders can only do so much to keep you up and keep you safe. And I don't know, just very, very odd. So where do you think Chelsea end up after this? Are they clinching the top four, keeping third? Or you think they're going to slip up and end up out of it? Well, you look at their schedule. They play Leeds away and then Leicester at home and Watford at home. Leicester, nothing to fight for. Watford already, Watford already relegated. Leeds, a tough game as we saw against Manchester City. I know the scoreline didn't suggest that, but I think they have it. I think they have it. And combined with the fact that Spurs failed to win at Anfield, we'll talk about that game in a bit. I trust Chelsea. Our, our predictions were wrong this game. We, we, I think we both said they're going to win. They should have. I think just Wolves were, they executed their game plan very well today. Who, who was your amount of the match for this game? By looking at the fact that you just scored two goals, I know one of them was a penalty, but Lukaku would have to be in terms of in terms of that. Connor Cody was a hero for his team. Well, from zero to hero, really. But credit to him for stepping up and reviving it. Given the situation, though, it's hard to give it to Lukaku because Chelsea should be seen out the game, but it's not really his fault. So, Lukaku it is. Yeah, that's that's the thing with Lukaku. You give him the ball early, he'll do something with it. You know, second goal, that early pass. I know it was a ball one very high up the field, but I feel that the ball needs to be played into him early, even if the ball is being circulated in the back or in the midfield. I think he'll do something with it. Of course, his underperformance is partly his fault as well, but his, his teammates are not, not finding him. So you say he's not getting the service? No. He is getting the service, but he's not getting the service that he it fits him. We all know he's not a complete striker like Harry Kane or Benzema or any of those guys. Right. He needs a system that fits him to get the most out of him. Right. Right. And the type of service that he needs, and he's not really getting that, I feel. Which yeah. I'm not complaining, you know. I never really rated Lukaku, so if he's not performing... Happy days for me, you know, but right. And as as a rival fan. Moving on to the Liverpool Tottenham game, which was the big one today. The big we're gonna game. Skip, we're gonna skip past the manual one for your sake. So this one we needed Arsenal and the top four chasers needed a Liverpool win today. And Man City fans needed a Tottenham win today. Nobody was left happy. I guess that's good. That's good for City, but for us top four chasers, like for Arsenal, we really needed Liverpool to come in and just slap them. That's a kind of a bonus point because you really would have expected them to lose today on paper, as we predicted. And to me, it just feels like a missed opportunity almost. Look at Arsenal going to Chelsea. They were not supposed to win, and they did. You know, it, it's it's all the same thing, but. This is a game where there's two teams who played this game, but there's the result satisfied neither of those teams. You know, Liverpool, one point not good enough at this stage. Tottenham, one point not good enough at this stage. Man City are obviously smiling. Arsenal, I mean, you complain it's just a point, but a point is all you needed. You just couldn't have Tottenham win and grab all three points. The only victors, like you said, are City and Arsenal. And I think it's only fitting that you predicted a Liverpool win. I predicted a Spurs win. The only time we were split on a result, a draw happened. Honestly, 
It's like if you combine our results into one, we would have gotten the correct result. <laughs> no, li- literally though, literally. But from a game aspect, no. How do you think either side could have tipped this one? Because to me, it looked like there was a lot of pressing from Liverpool, especially in the second half. Tottenham had a clear game plan to counter-attack, which I think they did well, as you said they were going to do. Kulicevsky was impressive in holding up the play as well, relieving a lot of pressure for his team. I think from their perspective, it was good to see that. They could have been more clinical on maybe some of their chances, but how do you think one of these teams could have nicked this one? Well, the thing is with Liverpool, I mean, if I speak on Tottenham's side, obvious choice would be that last-minute header from Hoiberg that just flat-out missed Harry Kane. I mean, just square to him easily or just go for goal. Terrible header. But I don't want to just pick out one single incident. I think for Liverpool, this was a long time coming. You know, They've been getting away with this. We saw it against Everton. We saw it against Newcastle. They've been getting away with it. And even if you look at the Champions League, almost choked the, choked the game away or the, the whole tie away uh, midweek at Villarreal. Yes, they beat Benfica 3-1 away, but they failed to keep a 3-1 lead at home to Benfica. You know, I, For me, this was a long time coming that Liverpool were going to at some point stumble upon a rock. And it just happened to be Tottenham, whose strength really matched up with Liverpool's weaknesses. I don't know what you thought of the game, but I thought this was a long time coming for Liverpool. Do you think anything that they could have done better? Because this is probably a two-point drop for Liverpool. And I guess for Tottenham's perspective as well, because they were 1-0 up, it, it is two points dropped technically. But on paper, for Tottenham, it's one point gained. Yeah, I'd agree with that. They were expected to lose this one. And I think they would have been knowing that going into this one. And I think coming up to the long course towards the end of the season. I felt that Liverpool relied a lot on crosses. Almost over-relied. I would... Which they always do. (laughs) Yeah, and I mean, it works for them. They have two very good crosses at the ball. And then they're very good at positioning themselves in the box and getting to the second ball. But I would say that I felt it was a lot of over-reliance on crosses, but you could say that Tottenham pressed them into doing that. And I think they were very tight at the back, very compact. It kind of forced that to be their own. Yeah, option. forced them out wide, yeah. Yeah, Pretty forced much. them out wide, yeah. And then they were just having to cross the ball. Mm-hmm. Maybe Liverpool could have tried something else maybe I, I noticed Thiago was doing very well to try and create clever through passes um but they were most of the time just have to be clips running into the back post or clips over the top maybe they could have tried more of that trying down the middle but it's very difficult to say because I think Tottenham defended very compact and it made it difficult for them yeah that's what you expect from a Antonio Conte team Very well drilled. They know what they want to do, both in defense and in attack. And a good result for them, you have to say, but they'll feel it's an opportunity lost, especially with the combined with the fact that the goal for Liverpool uh, was a lucky deflection. We singled out that Luis Diaz has to start and he delivered. But, I mean, it it took a massive deflection. You know, it it wasn't really going anywhere until it deflected off of the Tottenham defender. Overall, I I think a deserved result. Would you agree? Yes, I think the result was fair. 
based on what both teams put out. There was a lot of pressing from Liverpool. No real clear, clear cut chances that you'd say, okay, that really should have gone in or that would have gone in on another day. And I felt Tottenham deserved to be rewarded for their defensive contribution and carrying out their tactics of counter-attacking. But even them, I felt that they had a couple chances, clear chances. You could argue that even that Hoiberg one at the end was a big, big chance. But I felt they just had no control of the game. Yeah, you compare Wolves to Tottenham. Wolves created numerous chances on the counter that should have been really finished and didn't necessarily see that sort of threat or counterattack with precision from Tottenham. And like you said, you know, their strength is on the counterattack. And I feel that they weren't at their max level today, which is unfortunate for me. I was really hoping for a Tottenham win, but it is what it is. We can move on from this, I think. Moving on to the Arsenal game, which has me a little happier, a lot happier, actually. Good three points. I would say overall, well-deserved. I feel our next step in the development process is to finish, start finishing teams off. I feel there's many times we're going to matches and we're dominating the matches overall. We should be winning if you watch the match very comfortably. And we always somehow seem to end up struggling with the finish. We end up having to kind of crawl over the finish line if you will and that's just not good enough we need to be really cementing down our power in these types of matches and winning the game comfortably and finishing off chances it shouldn't be that Leeds were able to get our goal back with 10 men on the field and able to fight and almost get an equalizer we should be seeing those games out putting it to bed not have to be struggling to finish them off and I think that's something that we're going to get better at, but is the next step for these young guys or for this young team. How much of that do you think is that down to the lack of a, a definite striker? Or is it something you think the whole team needs to better in? Well, I think Eddie played well today. I do want to give him a lot of credit for his improvement in his link-up play. Obviously, he got the two goals. He, the first one was press, good pressing, which he always does. There's no denying that. So he's the second coming of Henri again? No, I'm, so I'm getting to, to what, I, what I still think he needs to work on. He, still, he was unlucky not to get a hat-trick today, to be honest. But he, he took his second goal very well, I thought. And as I said, his link-up play did improve today, but he still needs to get better at it. Sometimes I feel like when he gets on it, he's gotten better at not losing the ball as much today, but he almost slows the play down a little too much and missed opportunities to release maybe Martinelli on the wing or an overlapping fullback or whoever, Saka on the other wing. I feel he misses out on those opportunities a lot because he's not quite comfortable with his link-up play, it's not his natural way of playing. And I think based on the fact that he's gotten better at just not losing the ball as much with his hold-up play is a good sign. And it could mean that he will get better at 
the other aspects of his game. But until he improves that, I don't want to get carried away with this hype. I don't want to say it's hype because I don't think he gets that much hype, to be honest. But to answer your question, yes, Arsenal need, in my opinion, need to sign somebody to really play striker as a sole number nine properly. And Ketia gets his revenge. I remember he went on loan to Leeds, right? Two seasons ago, maybe. His loan spell was cut short. He was accused of underestimating the club, Leeds United. And he comes back and bites them with a brace. Just a few weeks ago, you know, Leeds looked like they were safe. But now, with Everton's two wins on the bounce, um, we know Burnley have been performing pretty well until this weekend under the new manager. Leeds are in the relegation spot right now. And they've lost their vice-captain in Luke Ayling through suspension. He's going to miss the rest of the season. How big of a miss do you think that would be for Leeds? Huge. They're short at the back at the moment. I think they're, they looked absolutely lost, confused, like didn't know how to handle situations at times. Yeah, and, and they're missing their captain, Liam Cooper, as well, we mentioned in the preview. They're, they're back in real danger now. I, I never thought they were going to be in this kind of position, even when they sacked Bielsa. But, wow, I mean, it, 38 points might be enough. Like, that is the mathematical average, right, that we say you get 38 points and you're usually safe. But those three teams are so tight. Everton, Burnley, Leeds, I think only one point separate those three teams. If one of those teams can go on a winning run, I think they're going to be pretty much safe. And I think looking at their schedules, Leeds have it the toughest, I think. Uh, it's not looking good for Leeds right now, I must say. Yeah, they're in major threat at the moment, especially with Everton winning these last two games, crucially. And you can tell when you look on Everton, they have players in that squad that are just real quality. They look shambles at the back. And I think that's a major reason why they're in the position they are. The goal they conceded today with Yerimenan, embarrassing. And then what you can see as well that they have players like Richardson, who has the ability to kind of drag them out of situations like this. And I think from a Leeds perspective, that's very scary. I mean, Leeds' squad is better than Burnley's, you, you would have to say. Burnley, to me, just look more organized. I think everything seems disjointed right now at Leeds. I'm not sure how I feel about this guy, Jesse March. I know he had a, an impressive record, but I don't know. I'm not seeing... To me, he just seems kind of like a hopeful type of manager. Like He's like almost like he doesn't have a plan. And he just kind of sends them out there and is like, all right, guys, try your best. Let's get the job done, whatever. Like, not really having like a proper set out plan. I'm really saying that relative to the other Premier League managers. Yeah, he's had a great record at uh, Salzburg, I was told. But if he gets Leeds relegated this season, it's going to be a huge red mark on his career. He knocked. Leipzig out of the Champions League. They were struggling in the Bundesliga. That's why he got sacked mid-season. And he comes to Leeds and doesn't get them out of the relegation zone. Mind you, they weren't in the relegation zone when he joined. 
that's one terrible year for a manager. We can move on from Leeds and the manager. Focus back on the game. Who was your man of the match for this game? I have three players in mind. I'm going to mention the my winner of it first, which is going to be Eddie. And I think he has to get it. He had two goals, game winners. So that's a given. But as I said, his link-up play improved a lot. So I give him a lot of credit for that. His work rate, as usual, and this needs to get highlighted. His work rate, every single time he gets out there, is exceptional. Look at how many times he's gotten goals for Arsenal just by pressing. Just simply by pressing. It is immense. It's incredible. I want to give him a lot of credit for that. The other two players I had, I'm going to start with Martinelli. He had a great assist, and I thought he terrorized Leeds right-hand side. He also was the player who got Ailing sent off. I guess you could, well, Ailing got himself sent off, but he was the one who got fouled in, the, in that scenario. But all game, Martinelli was just so energetic, made great runs. The only thing missing was the goal, which I do think he should have put away, the, the one with his left foot. But overall, that's a one blip in a very good performance. And the final person, I want to give this person credit, not just for today, but for their consistency since they've gotten back into the side. And that is Mohamed Elneny. Hats off to him. We were saying that he should have been the first replacement after party. And he wasn't. Ended up coming back in. And now he has 100% cemented himself as a first choice replacement for party in the midfield. His type of character is Perfect to have in a squad. Somebody who's not causing any noise on the bench. Perfectly fine with being a rotation player. Has us a great attitude when he gets on the field. And you know exactly what you're going to get from him. He's not a wild card. So you know when you just need something, you just need a solid performance, you know you can rely on Elneny. So happy for him for that. For Arsenal's sake, I think he's a must retain Elneny, honestly. And I know that's crazy. I know people are going to think, what, El Nene, whatever, whatever. It's not about El Nene being this star player. You need those disciplined, hardworking players who just keeps a good attitude on the bench as a squad player. You need those in the squad, which is why I think it is imperative that Arsenal keep El Nene or at least get somebody who can fill that role. There you have it. Arsenal in a great position heading into the derby in the midweek. We will be previewing those games. We have a lot of midweek games this week in the Premier League, including the big one, like I mentioned. So don't forget to tune into that on Wednesday. And we can finally move on to the last game that we previewed for this weekend. Man City showing their ruthlessness again. We keep saying this. We won't be surprised if they score 5-6 on an opposition, which they have gone and done. Like we said, we didn't expect any hiccups from their elimination from the Champions League. And it almost looked like it fueled them today, thrashing Newcastle by five goals to nil. Yeah, for sure. They were dominant the whole game. I had predicted that Newcastle were going to nick a consolation goal. 
which they almost did, not at the scoreline that I had said, but I do want to highlight that because it's not the first time in recent games where we've seen City opened up in this fashion. It's something that we know is a weakness of theirs, and I think teams are realizing that they can capitalize on this. But I do want to give Edison a lot of credit today. He was focused the whole game, didn't get complacent at 3-0, and made sure that he wanted to keep that clean sheet. Again, two weeks in a row now. That's very impressive stuff. The save on Alan St. Maxime was class. I think the title race was decided this weekend, right? I'd probably have to agree. I don't see City yeah. slipping up again, especially after the Champions League slip-up. Guardiola is not letting that happen. Well, I mean, he said it himself. Liverpool might have a bigger legacy in the European competitions, but City have a much greater legacy, uh, at least in the Premier League, over Liverpool. And there's a reason, you know, Man City are, I think they're more suited for a long-term campaign, like a league competition, whereas Liverpool, very aggressive, very intense. It's it's a style that suits the Champions League perfectly. You know, they can blow teams away in the first half in just 10, 15 minutes. So, well, let's not talk too soon because it's still tight, but I definitely agree with your perception on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Anything could happen. But if you told me to put my money, I would put it on City. I'd have to agree. There you have it. That is our time now for this episode. You got a sneak peek as well of our final predictions for this season's Premier League running. Thank you very much for tuning in. Don't forget to like, subscribe, leave a review, leave your comments as well in the comment section of the Facebook page for the episode. Tell us what your thoughts are and Tell us if you have any ideas, suggestions. Tell us if you think differently from our opinions or if you agree with us. Tell us. We want to hear from you guys. Thank you, as always. Uh, Don't forget to like the Facebook page. The link is in the description as well as the bio. We hope you guys can check that out, the Facebook page. And we will see you guys on Wednesday with the preview show of the Midweek Games. Thank you very much. And peace out.